Hello, and welcome back to On the Road. No Batman this week, but if you did listen to that, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it was a lot of fun to do, but today is a return to form. Uh, we're speaking with a really good friend of mine and a fellow local of the Central Valley, Jarver. Now, I've known Jarver a long time. Uh, we were uh, in school together. He grew up in the same neighborhood as me. He's a beautiful soul, man. He's been incredibly supportive through not just this podcast, but really any and all of my creative endeavors. I can always count on that guy to just be a ray of positivity. Like me, he's got a passion for travel. He's one of the first people I think of when swapping stories comes to mind. And I I don't want to waste a lot of time with the intro. I just want to get right into it. So I hope you uh, enjoy this talk I had with Jarvis. still learning how it works i used to have a windows forever this is a chromebook i didn't uh-huh. realize that they were very different they're very different it's taken some getting used to but, but i'm getting better at it and my grandma has a chromebook yeah yeah is your grandma good with technology she is not no, no? at all <laughs> does she okay so my grandma will always come to me with anything and i feel like a fucking superhero i'm like yeah grandma <laughs> i can take you to yahoo i can take you to any website you <laughs> yeah. want if you think of a website i can take you there and uh, she's so impressed. She's, <laughs> it's like, she's so happy. Is your grandma like that? Like, does she come to you for like simple things? Yeah, anything that's broken or her favorite solitaire game gets uninstalled. Yeah, like, hey, it's always, they, they love it. playing fucking, they love playing <laughs> Yahoo games, grandmas. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're pretty good though with like techie stuff, right? I, I'd, I'd say I'm decent enough to like fix my own shit, yeah. I am not a techie guy, so like I'm really excited when my grandma comes to me with questions that I don't. But you, who actually knows what you're doing, like, is that annoying to get like solitaire questions when you're like, I could like do something like helpful. Yeah, I could debug your computer, but you just want to play solitaire and open these emails from strangers. But uh, I think it used to be annoying just to do these small little tasks for my grandparents. Yeah, but over time I learned that it was really cool because I was teaching them technology, and uh, it gave me. Gave me pleasure seeing the pleasure on their face, like doing stuff. Like Even they like got Salter. excited to, they got excited like when they figured it out. Yeah, Is like I, I taught my grandpa word processing software, like Microsoft Word, and installed all these fonts. Uh-huh. And he's written like three books so far, not a biography. So he typed them then. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Was he writing before he got a computer? He uh, no, I don't think he's ever written until I think post retirement. Really. This is a new hobby? This is a new hobby. Because uh, I feel like writing, unless it's unless it's all autobiographical, but you were saying this is a fiction as well, uh-huh. too, right? Fiction is the first time. He's been keeping diaries since 1950s. So he's been writing, like, the act of writing. Yeah. He's been doing yeah. But it's all been just journal entries and stuff? It, yeah, it's all been journal entries, like, what we bought on this day in 1953. Does he keep them? He still has them. Does and... he let you read them, or is he very precious about it? No, he lets me read them. Really? It's tight. It's uh, it's like, okay, here's what we bought. Here's what who we gave the money to. And in some cases, he still has the receipts. Oh, it's all business journals, though. It's mostly business journals. Sometimes it's just like events that happened in his life, and he writes them down. And it's intermixed, though. So he's like going on a rant about like business expenses, and then he's like, this fucking bitch <laughs> broke my heart today. <laughs> Pretty much. That's so crazy. Does he change like the color of the pen that he uses for like something personal, or is it just in there? You just have to search. No, no, it's just in there. <laughs> so I think on. he keeps by ear, though. So uh, he has like his collection. It's been he's catalogued. got since the 50s? Since I think like the mid 50s. He's got 70 ish years of journal entries. 
80% business related. <laughs> it may, just, may not be 80%. I don't know how much it is, but a lot of it is business. Related. But hidden in there is like really deep yeah. things. Like <laughs> you've, you've been reading these journals and you'll stumble on like, can I, you tell me one of the things that you found? Like, and also if you recall what it was sandwiched between, because <laughs> I'm really wondering, like, I would love to see the train of thought. <laughs> like he was, you know, uh, collecting receipts for this trip he had to take and the meals taken. And then this reminds me of the dinner I had with my mother before she passed. Like what? Yeah. Tell me one. I'm sorry. I'm ranting, but tell me one. I, I think uh, one I remember clearly, it was pretty, pretty linear. He was talking about business expenses or yeah. uh, my grandpa used to own just a bunch of land, the family and back in India. And they're talking about like some thing about the land, and then like in the middle of talking about it, he had the deed for land, and like right after was something about getting in like an argument with his son or something wow. about land. Yeah, uh, just I think there's a part of a historian in my grandpa that he wants to document everything. He all he has all these home videos too, and oh, they so back just, to, like, he just the wants 70s. like an account of everything. Yeah, it's the it's probably not then therapeutic so much as it is just this is important enough to write down back then it wasn't therapeutic but i believe his autobiography was very therapeutic yeah would he be opposed to you sharing it if you're like grandpa can i put this on the internet i don't think he would actually that's a good idea yeah just ask him man like i mean i totally understand somebody creating something and being precious about it and Mm -hmm. not wanting to share it but if that's something he's open to um that would be a cool thing to be able to share. I would love if my grandpa did something like that. I would. I wouldn't stop calling him. I wouldn't stop leaving him <laughs> alone. Be like, you have to let me fucking share this with somebody, or at least you know, give me a copy and I'll secretly slide them to people I know. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me being a stage whore a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's also in Punjabi, so uh, I plan on translating it one day. Oh, uh, so it's written in Punjabi, uh-huh. but he would recite it to you the excerpts in Punjabi. Just, but but I mean just out loud. Just like, out loud, yeah. Okay, oh, okay. That would take a minute. I mean, if you were the one to do it, soul, right? I mean, yeah, I'd have to really dive into my Punjabi reading and writing. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> I imagine speaking it and hearing it is one thing, but writing has got to be a whole other animal. Mm-hmm. It's can old, you read it? I can read it slowly. Like I, I'm not proficient at reading it. Can you write it okay? I write it uh, not too much anymore. I've lost yeah. it. Right on, man. When did they? Uh, when did they come to the states? My grandpa came here in, I want to say 1980 or 79, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the second person in our family to come to the United States. Uh, he lived in Chicago for a while, where my great uncle oh, cool. was. And then he moved to Pixley, California in 1980 something. Why? Had a farm. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> he had a farm. Though. Okay. He had a farm. Wait, yeah. he bought the farm when he got here, or he came here because he because he had the farm. I think it was my great uncle's farm. And okay. he's like, hey, uh, do you want this farm? My grandpa's like, yeah. That's what I've been doing my whole life, farming. Okay, so that makes sense if they have an agricultural background and they want mm-hmm. to pursue that. But uh, yeah, fucking Pixley, man. The only, <laughs> I only know of Pixley because they get a lot of fog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he came here and then your your dad, is this your mom or your dad's dad? It's my dad's dad. Your dad's dad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was born in the valley then. My dad? Yeah. No, uh, he was already born. My grandpa left his whole family and came here. Oh, okay. Right on. So then he sent for them back when he got established, or he just came to kind of see if he wanted to stay before he invited them over? What's that a, like? A little bit of both. He yeah. established himself enough to like... In Chicago? In uh, in Pixley. Okay. To give him a place to stay. And there's this funny my gran- uh, story my grandpa tells of when uh, the rest of the family came to Pixley. Mm-hmm. 
he brought him to the house and they expected like this grandeur house mm-hmm. with like cool furnishings you know uh what you would expect coming from a third world country to america yeah and when they got to pixley it was like a dirty beaten yeah. old farmhouse <laughs> yes gross yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no bed uh there's no like dish or uh, no pot to even make tea in right and, oh, you gotta have your tea. <laughs> Speaking of which, I should make some tea. That sounds amazing. Yeah. You want some tea? Sure. Yeah? I mean, I'm gonna stick to the water. I'm still listening. I just... Okay. <laughs> I'm thirsty. <laughs> um, that's gotta be fucking horrible, man. Yeah. And the, the story goes that uh, he left them to get groceries after they came here for the first time. And never came back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went out for a pack of smokes and never came back. <laughs> I would love to... I would love to... Uh, go back to like i mean i would like to go with them i don't see how that's possible but to the village that they grew up and have them like walk me through like this is where we went to school have you uh thought about making a pilgrimage with them at some point do they have any interest in that though they do yeah Yeah. uh we tried to go before but it just didn't work out yeah uh and hopefully i still can yeah i mean like honestly well i mean obviously not in quite a rush but Mm -hmm. with the way that things are right now travel's very cheap you know so once it's safe and once it's like uh economically feasible for you guys personally and all the other planets align um and again the key word being safe but travel's gonna be booming definitely you know what i mean every airline in the world is gonna be hungry for for people buying tickets so it's gonna be a Next year, hopefully, fingers crossed, is going to be a fantastic time to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. So where are you from, 100%? You're from Fresno, or were you in Pixley, or where are you from? No, I was born in San Jose. Oh, that's right, San Jose. Mm-hmm. What brought, who was up north? Uh, my family, for some odd reason, moved from Pixley to San Jose. Well, I mean, it's a, <laughs> definitely an upgrade. I mean, I don't know yeah. if it's that odd of a reason. So, I don't know the exact reason. I think they might have known somebody up there. And they're like, okay, let's go to San Jose. <laughs> and this was your uncle had the land, so they didn't have any ties to that property, right? They were just kind of staying there? They, yeah, and I think what happened was my uncle wanted to sell the land, so uh, my family had to leave, and they went to San Jose. Okay. What's it like growing up in San Jose? I haven't uh, spent much time there. No idea. I spent like three months there, and then I moved to Fresno. Okay. <laughs> So then, what's it like growing up here? <laughs> I mean, I can tell you, but I'd like your spin on it. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It sucks. It's no, no. no you're. No. Right. I'm not gonna talk shit. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm not gonna talk shit. Okay, uh, maybe when I was younger, I used to brag on Fresno a lot. Like we, we probably all did. Yeah. But like now, some of, some of us don't grow up. I guess. <laughs> now I still rag on it, but I see the beauty in Fresno. It, it's ugly beauty, but it's beautiful. I, I wrote a song earlier this year, and it was originally gonna be me tearing into it, but it turned <laughs> out to be quite a, a, a lovely, like a love letter to ta- to the town. But yeah, I don't like, like I, I guess that's a good sign that if I really had to sit down and dig and see how I feel about it, it's mostly positive. Uh-huh. But I don't, I don't. It doesn't come up with a lot of. I don't think highly of this place. I'm proud of where I come from and. Uh, I'm glad that I grew up here, but I certainly don't like being here, and I certainly don't like coming back. I, I love all the people in it, but it is not... I don't know, man. I get stir-crazy in this fucking town. I do, too. That's why I leave pretty often and travel. Yeah? How often you get out? Uh, I like to travel overseas or just to a different country once a year. That's Barring good. this year, obviously. Right, right. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that's... I mean. 
getting out of the country every year is an amazing. How long have you done that? I had a five-year streak. Five years, and every year you got out of the country? Yeah, from Good 2015 you, to 2019. Good for you. Yeah, five years. Yeah. Well, uh, walk me through them. What was the first... Well, no, what's my question? Yeah, I want to hear all the places you went, but I want to hear in order. Like, what was... So, 2014 to 19, what was the departures? Uh, 2015 was... Oh, sorry, yeah, 15. Uh, where did I go 2015? Yeah, I went to London. Okay. My whole family was going to London, and we had my mom's cousin lives there. Nice. So uh, we, I went to London. My family had gone already, and I didn't go with them because I wanted to go to Lake Tahoe with the boys. But did that. Flew to London, visited the fam, saw London. From London, uh, me and my fam went to France. Did you stay with them, or you guys all got a got a hotel or something? No, we stayed at their house. Nice. Nice. It was uh, it was a cool house. I don't know how to describe a London house, but they're much Try. smaller. Because I. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so their houses aren't as spacious as our houses. Uh-huh. They're much more compact, but uh, and their backyards are a lot smaller. They don't have traditional backyards. Their driveways are a lot flatter, if that makes sense. They probably do have traditional backyards. They probably are the most traditional yards. <laughs> like we probably have the weird yards. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those well, yards are thousands of years old. <laughs> It doesn't get more traditional. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they were weird for me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But like, it's just strange <laughs> being anywhere in Europe. It's like every time you take a step, you're like, all of this is older than everything I've ever known. <laughs> like that's like the first overwhelming thought I had the first time I left the country. Was this the first time you left the country? This is the uh, no, I've been to Canada. Okay, all right. Well, again, Canada's kind of. As far as time periods go, modernized mm-hmm. about the same time as the states. But this is the first time I flew overseas. Besides, when I was like, and that's what like, I mean, like entering uh-huh. a world that's. I mean, and I mean, I use the term specifically a world much mm-hmm. older than our world. You know what I mean? So it's like every step you take, from from my perspective, was like, wow, this is all older than everything. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's like this brick right here is older than my country. Every yeah, everything. <laughs> honestly, like I mean, this tree could be older. Than me. Like, who, <laughs> yeah. honest is who knows. Um, so that was like a big one for me. Did you go through something similar like that? Like, also being in an actual home, not staying at the Hilton, like staying where somebody had stayed and that land has been occupied for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. What does that go through your mind at all? Because I had a big shock like an overload sensory overload it was it was definitely a culture shock yeah it was uh i was pretty much lost like a stranger in moscow kind of thing it's like just in a foreign land but i had familiarity because my family was already there when i flew there that's the best that's like the most ideal situation Mm -hmm. so they kind of like helped me integrate into it so which is nice what was the most um uh, not the most necessarily, but the first most uh, difficult thing to adjust to. Driving on the other side of the road. You did? You drove? I didn't drive. Okay, but, just uh, being in the car being freaked in the you car, out. Did you think every passing, yeah. every passing car was going to hit you? <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes haven't adjusted yet? No. Yeah, it's it the trippiest thing ever. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And uh, my uncle who's driving the car, he's like, oh, you want to drive? I'm like, nope. No. no <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do any driving. I had no interest in doing any driving. Um... I mean, I don't know. I mean, the situation arose, I might try it, but for the same reason, I'm like, I don't trust my eyes to have, like, it took me, I'm not a great driver on the right side (laughs) of the road. (laughs) And by right, I mean right, not the correct, you know? Like, I mean, like, 
Hey, it's yeah, I wouldn't want to press it. Some of those drivers, man, they drive fucking crazy too. I wasn't in England, but just, I mean, they'll haul ass on these narrow. Are the roads narrower? It seems like they're narrower. They're it seems narrow. like they're yeah. much smaller. Uh, it's just crazy. The bus drivers are crazy. I used to get bus rides through the mountains, and this guy's hauling. And then it wasn't just me, but it was all other like people not from the country who were like, yeah. this guy's driving like a madman. But the locals are just reading the paper. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, I thought that was a culture shock until I went to China. That was. How do they drive? <laughs> but fucking wild. Really. Yeah. Walk me through that, like just like. Uh, so I've been told in Lebanon, um, the drivers are crazy in the sense that nobody really. Well, I don't know if nobody really polices the traffic, but they don't care about red lights. They don't care about stop signs. They're like aggressive drivers. Um, I'm, which is what it was described to me. How is it in China? How do people drive? Is it aggressive driving or is it like... It's definitely aggressive. Uh, They don't follow rules or... Same thing. They don't... Besides the road. (laughs) Is there no... Is there no like highway patrol? Or is it like the honor system? How does that... How does nobody give a fuck? Like, I mean, if you're going to run a red light, that's dangerous enough, right? That's dangerous. Yeah. There's like actual violence. I'm pretty sure... But I'm also poor. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I can't... I can't almost die and have to pay for it. Like... I don't know. I don't think they run red lights, but uh, this one time I remember we were on the highway and I thought I was going to die because we were going hella fast and this person in front of us just stopped all of a sudden and our driver stopped and he stopped cussing him out. He got out of the van that we were in and he went to the other driver and they had a little argument. And by that time, like a lot of traffic had accumulated around us. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how in the hell did these cars come from like the right of us? The left of us, all, all sides, and just like surround us. They're like, fight! Yeah. Fight! <laughs> all the cars start honking. <laughs> That's actually, that sounds kind of cool. I, I wanted to drive in China. No, it was not cool. It's like, how do we get out of this situation? We had to coordinate with everybody else no, to move can, off the highway, and then we got out. I, can, I, I think I can handle mob mentality. I don't think I can handle the narrow roads, but I can handle mob mentality. So after um, London... Went to Paris, France with my family. Hung out with them. Realized that family vacations aren't really my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Because we, we were not getting along. They didn't want to do what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do what they wanted to do. It took international travel me to realize I fucking hate my family. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a mess. They're like, let's go to Disneyland. I'm like, let's go to the Palace of Versailles. <laughs> and eventually, uh, I just went all my own way. And they kind of did their own thing. Which yeah. Was I was I, I just I just kind of wandered around. I didn't go in with a lot of intention. Did you Did you get like them books, them travel books, and like plot out your your uh, itinerary and stuff like that? My first time I did, and mm. after that I haven't. It's not bad. It's not bad to do, but mm-hmm. yeah, I like the freedom of uh, just kind of playing it by ear and taking it day by day. You prefer it like that, huh? I do. I do. I, I have like a list of things I want to hit. Yeah. Uh, and if I don't general. Control, you got some general mm-hmm. general points. things. Yeah. Like I want to go to this museum someday. But I don't know when. Yeah. Now that's the way to do it, in my opinion. Now it's different for everybody. Some people that's a, that's very anxiety inducing. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, going on a trip without any kind of itinerary. Mm-hmm. They have to have like where we can eat for lunch, breakfast, yeah. dinner. Which is not up. the wrong way to travel. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do. I can't do that. I, I can't either. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I can, but I mean, I did not like travel for years because I would travel with my family 
And I'm the same way. I fucking hate family travel. But I just, <laughs> I didn't realize that. I thought I just didn't like travel. Uh, so I wasn't into it. it. It took a long time for me to figure out, oh, when I call the shots, this is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is really cool and it's all what I want to do. That took a minute though, a long time to figure it out. How old were you when you went international? Was 2015? That's 2015, I was uh, 22. 22? That's a great age to start traveling. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's no limitations anymore. I mean, 21's kind of an American made-up number. I don't think that age resonates in any other country. Yeah, I think it's like young adult. You're still learning about yourself, learning new experiences. Well, I just mean like you can get into a bar at 18. Oh, any, or 16 in any country. I mean, I don't think they check ID overseas. I've been ID checked many times. Oh, but wow. I also look 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's like... Um, yeah, a lot of places don't, though. A lot of places don't check. But yeah, I, 22 is a, is a good age to travel, I think. Especially in America. But for that reason, because here we you can finally get into every place. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the bar everywhere else was kind of lifted a few years ago. Um, yeah, have you done the the cross country trip? Not yet. No, all uh, over the world hasn't <laughs> seen his own fucking country. No, but in twenty sixteen, the year after, I did take a road trip to Canada. Uh, Tell me about West. that. I remember this trip, but I don't think I've, that we've actually talked about it. Oh man, this trip has a soft spot in my heart. It was with the boys, <laughs> and it was uh, we were at. I think at that age, we were free of most responsibility. What age? Uh, we were 23. Oh, so this is after you've left. This is, uh, this Canada trip is after your Yeah, it's a year after. Nice. Okay. And, uh, we didn't have a set itinerary. Mm -hmm. We had a date that we had to be in Canada by, and we had a date that we had to come back because we had work. But along the way, we just stopped wherever we wanted. How long is the trip? Uh, it was, I think, a tad over a week. Okay. And we drove from Fresno. One week? Yeah. That's that's a tight. You could you fit a lot in if you could drive oh, to Canada yeah, back yeah. in a week. We hit Portland, uh, Seattle, Vancouver. Uh, Driving every day, or did you stop a couple days? We drove every day except when we got to Canada. We stopped, stayed there for like two days. Nice, two or three days. Nice. But it, it was magical. Uh, we we find this giant rock on the side of the road in Oregon, and someone would point to it, mm-hmm. be like, "Hey guys, let's climb that." <laughs> And we stop the van and just climb it. Yes, that's the thing. That's the thing that you get in the road trip is you can pull over uh-huh. and just go do that. But you can still make the distance. You yeah. know what I mean? You're not at the whim of like, oh, do I really want to pay another hour for this taxi to let me climb this rock? <laughs> <laughs> or or hitchhiking. You know, you're like, oh, am I really going to get picked up before the sun goes down? Yeah. Like the, the American road trip. I keep saying American road trip just because most other countries are so small. Like, we really have a luxury here. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of places that can do this. Other places, you could do it in Europe. You can go international. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. But I think it's less appealing um, um, just to, to drive aimlessly in a different direction. Also, flights every time you hit a different country, yeah, flights are so <laughs> cheap. There's not really as much incentive to do it. And then also, every time you hit a border, it's not like state lines. You can just pass through. You're entering a whole other country. Mm-hmm. you got to go through the process all over again. Um, Passport control, everything. Absolutely, and then you, you, you know, you rub the border control guy the wrong way. He's gonna fuck you up. You're gonna have to go around or go back. So it's like, yeah, we're really lucky here in the states, and I'm sure in other countries. I'm sure like uh, Canada is probably similar. I'm probably they have Canadian road trips all the time, going through the territories. But, I don't know. When I picture Canada, I picture like three major cities, and everything else is blank. Is it? Oh, see, I, in my head, it's not like that. I've never been though. Is it pretty? 
Is most of it empty where you saw? Like, I think a lot of... I know there's Canada, a lot of countryside, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but... a lot of it is countryside. Like, the middle part of it is... Right. It, it's not tundra, but it's... It, it, it's the wild. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I, I knew it was there, but I didn't think it was so... I mean, I guess... I It's not that dissimilar from down here. I mean, we have a lot of landscape, but mm-hmm. I do... I, 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 I think of it as, like, a very centralized... Modern, not too hard to find a fucking Walmart or a McDonald's in in Canada. Is Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So it's it's still normal. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure it's not too dissimilar. I'm sure they have that. But I was in Europe for a few months, man. And uh, I was, the only travel I'd had was in a car. You know what I mean? I only ever driven. I never really, the first time I really flew was th- there. So it was hard for me to realize, oh, this is not the same as the road trip. This is a different kind of bumming around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a very different... Yeah, like, the, you don't really get this. I missed it. I missed it a lot. As much fun as I was having, I was like, shit, I miss having my car. Like, and being able to get to a whole new world. Yeah, that road trip was magical. I, there were some really high highs. I don't really remember too many lows, except, like, we kind of got tired of each other towards the end. Yeah, I mean, like, that I happens. Yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's part of it. It's part of it. Um, it's like having a roommate, but worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had moments where I get tired of, of a travel companion or... or um, I don't want to say get tired of, but definitely miss my independence of another human on, on a trip. But very rarely do I travel with people. Um, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think I've ever traveled with anybody from start to finish. I've met people on the way, and we've stuck together for certain stretches of time. Or I'll take somebody on a day trip, or maybe I'll go camping. And I'll be like, oh shit, I don't really want to sleep next to this person. They're really horrible. But uh, yeah, I've never done a, a trip with somebody. So uh, I like hearing those stories of you guys going out and doing things, like committing, really committing. Mm-hmm. It's great. Especially when you have like, uh, like-minded people that don't really care too much to have an itinerary. Or, That's the hard or, part. Yeah. yeah or, finding somebody who's a bit more loosey-goosey. Uh-huh. Or not like picky of where to go or what to eat or what to do. Yeah. So we just kind of follow their hearts. And that was the first trip where I smoked weed. That was magical. In Canada? <laughs> It was, uh, it was actually in Oregon. I was supposed to wait until Canada, but I didn't. It was your first time smoking? It was your first time smoking on a trip? It was my first time smoking ever. Ever? Okay. Well, walk me through that. How was that experience in uh, Oregon? It was, uh, we got back from bar hopping in Oregon uh, Friday nights. I don't Are know you if were all crossfaded on your first time? I got crossfaded. And uh, they closed down, like, the downtown area. Like, imagine Tower District. And they just closed down the streets. You're allowed to walk with open drinks and everything. That's how it was in uh, downtown block of Oregon. We partied for a while, came back to the hotel room, uh, lit up a pipe, and I'm like, yeah, so let me try this. And I did, and I probably smoked wrong. I probably didn't even get high my first time. I probably smoked wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's such a... Pa- it's so funny they say that smoking makes you paranoid, and it does. And some, of it, <laughs> some of it does make you paranoid. It depends on the strain and the person, but like, I'm never more paranoid than the first time user like he's terrified <laughs> who probably didn't even inhale you know what I mean? yeah. he's just like oh god are they looking at me did i do it right i don't want to ask how to do it <laughs> you know? i didn't feel that at all because i think part of it was because i was drunk <laughs> oh you got the butt you're already <laughs> yeah. on the bus that was nothing 
and then in Canada, I think I smoked properly. Um, fell asleep on the ground. It was the best sleep I've gotten on you that sleep, trip. <laughs> really? You sleep good? I don't sleep very good when I smoke. I sleep a long time and I sleep uh-huh. real heavy, but I wake up feeling shitty and horrible. Oh, damn. That, that was... That's a good sleep right there. Really? Yeah. You know, I, I, they, they say, I mean, again, this is the thing. This is that cannabis works differently on every mind. And mm-hmm. different strains do different things. And different people have different biochemistry. Like, there's generalities. But there's not, in my experience, a defining rule that's going to associate with everybody as far as symptoms and effect. I don't think it's going to be consistent. It's going to be different with everybody. Oh, yeah. But um, the sleep... The effects that it has on sleep is very consistent. And I met a lot of people who say it helps them sleep so much. And they even prescribe certain strains that are great for sleep. But um, they say it messes with your circadian rhythms. They say it messes with your REM cycle. They say that all of the... They. You know? But I did. I've read a couple studies about this. And they say... And I've heard them uh, indicate... I guess the big one is the REM cycle, which is where your mind kind of files all of your thoughts throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So all these crazy anxieties that you may have going to sleep one night or, God, I have to wake up and get the groceries in the morning and don't forget to leave 15 minutes early to stop at the gas station and all these like little things at nighttime when you're in your rapid eye movement cycle. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to file that away automatically. It's yeah. just this magical I've fucking thing too. the brain does. Yeah. yeah, it's like a brain cleanser. It comes in, and, like sorts out your thoughts, right. emotions, and if yes. you don't get that, you get like emotional baggage. Right, going down next and day. it adds up, and it's, yeah. So the disruption of the REM cycle, you're sleeping harder and you're mm-hmm. sleeping faster. That's the thing too. Is you, most of us, I think, only appreciate how much time we sleep. So if I'm like, shit, I'm only, I, I can't fall asleep till one in the morning, but when I smoke i can sleep you know 10 15 minutes after i take a hit uh and you're getting more hours but you're not filtering that shit out so you wake up a little stressed and i don't mean you but i'm saying like that's a consistent thing that they've found mm-hmm. in these studies so i felt that too with alcohol uh oh alcohol is the worst yeah, yeah. With weed for sometimes, sleep for sleep we can actually test this uh on saturday <laughs> Wait, <he> kind of <laughs> pulls out a blunt <laughs> <laughs> smokes it. okay we're gonna go to sleep we'll continue right, in the morning nap, yeah we'll continue this at sunrise <laughs> But no, on Saturday, uh, I got crossfaded, took an edible. Mm-hmm. and uh, Oh, you have your... your I, I was wearing my ring. Your badass <laughs> bat ring sleep tracker. I didn't even check how much sleep I got or what. This What's this ring called again? It's called the Aura Ring. That's right. The Aura Ring. And it just... You wear it like a fucking... Like, like you're married to your wellness. And it just... Pretty much. Sends this to an app on your phone. <laughs> okay, so uh, Saturday. My sleep... Was uh, total in bedtime was eight and a half hours. Total sleep was six and a half. Okay, so you were laying around for two hours. I was. Uh, REM sleep was very poor. It was twenty minutes, and that was probably because of the alcohol and the weed. So it does affect you. Latency was twenty four minutes, which is. Yeah, I guess and six and a half hours isn't a lot of sleep, anyways. Man. No. Uh, restfulness. I need to pay attention. Efficiency seventy seven percent bad. Uh, timing, pay attention. Yeah. What's timing? Asleep. It's what time you fell asleep. Oh, the actual. Uh-huh. I guess that fucking sense. This is two in the morning. Damn, driver! <laughs> you partying hard, bro? Drinking no, oh. and smoking and oh, sleeping we... <laughs> at two in the morning for six hours, maybe. We came back pretty early. Who's then, we? Uh, it was me, Hunter, and Veronica. Oh, this was on your trip. Yeah. Okay. And then we watched the movie, so it wasn't like party all night. All right. We're watching King Henry. 
Oh, that's a party. <laughs> Nobody parties like King Henry. Motherfucker, truffle wipes that off. I actually don't know if that was him. Was that King Richard? I have no idea. <laughs> Who chopped off his wife's head? She gave him some lip. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely does affect your sleep. It fucks with you a bit. But I, the problem, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to use it to sleep anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm in this dilemma. I'm. I'm really trying to. I keep these as natural a conversation as I can. Mm-hmm. And I don't. There's nothing off the table. We can talk about whatever we want. But my sister just today, <laughs> she was like. I saw your your podcast online. I was like, "Oh, you did?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna listen to it later." I oh said, boy. "All right, that's fine." Yeah, I mean, and I'm, there's nothing uh, I hide from. I don't, I'll talk to them about whatever they want. I don't think that they know that I smoke. They know that I drink a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot I don't talk about, but there's never anything that I've not been open with them about, you know. But yeah, I was like, "Oh, you're gonna listen to the podcast?" Uh, I said, "No, there's, there's like some there's some adult themes." Uh, sometimes she goes that's okay I said it's 90 minutes she goes never mind (laughs) 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 so so, I can talk about whatever I want so long as it's uh, over an hour oh Jesus the attention that we require (laughs) oh it's not 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) so so long as I I wait 10-15 minutes to talk about uh, partying (laughs) it's fine this Pink Floyd song 7 minutes now yeah, fucking. That's how they weed out the weak. That's why. That's why Pink Floyd is so strong. They made all their shit fifteen minutes on Iron Maiden and Pink Floyd. They're like, we're not waiting for you. Fuck this. <laughs> you come at our pace. <laughs> no chorus. I am. I am actively trying to uh, to cut back on on doing it before sleep, but it's so hard. It's I've become so accustomed to it. I have a difficult time falling asleep. That helps a lot. I do too. I, I've never been diagnosed as an insomniac, uh, but I probably am. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I don't think I'm that bad. I just need the... I would like the help. Mm-hmm. But you think that you wouldn't be able to sleep? I think I just have bad sleep hygiene, um, whether it's eating too late. Do you late. smoke every night before sleep? I rarely smoke. Oh, so then you're not an insomniac then. No, it's not smoking either. It's just like bad sleeping hygiene. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Going to sleep late, waking up early, uh, being on my phone all the time, in bed... Well, that's just the times. You know, mm-hmm. that's all of us trying to figure out how to function when we have these little devices that are tricking us into thinking it's time to be active when it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Living in front of screens and, I mean, being quarantined for several months out of a year doesn't help either. You know what I mean? People trying to reacclimate to how to get back to work every day and some people's work changing. Like, no, you don't even need to come in the office anymore. Now you, you know, there's so many things this year alone. It's gonna. We're all gonna have to collectively adjust to what is normal anymore. Because everybody's on an opposing schedule. Some people aren't working. Some people are. Some people working from home. Some people working weird hours. You know. So, yeah, I think that's a collective burden right now. I think it's kind of a good thing. Uh, recognizing that for some of us, yeah, for some yeah. of us is great. Recognizing that normal wasn't really normal. It was just what we were accustomed to then. And this is normal now because it's what we're accustomed to now. It's new normal. As time goes on, I mean, um, you're never going to hurt from more perspective. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no matter what it is in the moment, you know, it will become a good thing to whoever it's not benefiting today. It's just weird. I feel guilty. I feel guilty because I do feel it, man. I feel all the positivity coming from this experience. Because uh, my life for, you know, up until... 
a certain point, like up until like the very basics and silly things, has not been affected. You know, I was on the night shift. I was already kind of used to not seeing everybody every day. I'm sleeping all day. Everything's closed already. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't get to see people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel, I feel kind of bad saying that like all this time that we've had to kind of take a breath, <laughs> you know, and kind of re-examine uh, has been real beneficial for me. And I have got a lot of good out of it. But it's also like the worst thing that's ever happened, <laughs> like like to everybody. Yeah. Like usually it's like, oh, that sucks to be in that country. Uh-huh. Or, but no, it's just Earth. Earth <laughs> has fallen apart. Earth. Earth is done. Aliens are like, oh, sucks to be in that. Place. Yeah, they don't even want to come. I mean, like to the point where alien like like UFOs were acknowledged by the U.S. government, and we're like, yeah, murder hornets. <laughs> Old news. <laughs> it's just it, it's um. Yeah, it's a weird time to exist um, and to kind of, what's the phrase, take take stock? Yeah. Take stock and and see positive. I don't want to say that because it's such a bad time, but there's a lot I'm learning about myself and um, about others, <laughs> you know? Yeah, self-reflection has been at an all-time high. I think I'm a yeah. pretty reflective person, but like during COVID times, it's... I'm like doubling down on that. Yeah, it kind of forced us all. Kind mm-hmm. of forced us all to. I feel uh, fortunate in having not been afraid of self-reflection because if I tell you what, if 2020 was really 2016, I don't think I would have come out better. You know what I mean? I think it would have been a really bad time for the world to close. <laughs> and I just think of all the other cats out there who are in like n- the worst situation on. February twenty eighth, twenty twenty. You know, like in the they're like, God, it can't get any worse. Like it was. I mean, it's been recorded. There's been a lot of, um, you know, there's been a lot of downsides to people who are otherwise healthy mm-hmm. prior. So it's a uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to turn this into a talk about that, but it's hard not to bring it up. You know? Yeah, it's hard it, not to. We're all living it in it. It's like a new. Hey, how are you? It's. Hey, it is, yeah. Are you staying healthy? <laughs> yeah, it's the new hey, how are uh-huh. you, man? I don't have it. Where's your mask? <laughs> I fucking wish, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I keep losing masks. Because I ride my bike to work. Well, I don't anymore because now California's on fire. And there's too much smoke. And I don't want to ride my bike in the smoke. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> Where it can get worse. <laughs> crazy. Still have an election coming up, but we're not even going to go there. I was like, okay, well, I'm stuck inside all day. I guess I better focus on I better focus on my physical wellness. <laughs> you can't even do that. It's bad for the lungs. Don't exert too much. Don't read too hard. <laughs> I miss traveling. Hmm? I miss traveling. It hit me pretty hard. Where else you been? Uh, 2017, I took my second Euro trip, this time with Hunter and Aaron. Uh, we're like, let's go to Europe. So we went to three countries. And Which went to, ones? Uh, went to England, went to Ireland, went to Sweden. How is Sweden? Sweet. <laughs> it's very sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Sweden was awesome. Uh, I have family there. And Damn, you got the cousins. hookup, man. You got the yeah. homie hookup everywhere you go. Yeah, and Aaron had family there too, so we got to visit both sets really? of families. Now, these people that you knew well enough that you might have met, or they're just like, hey, dad, do we know anybody in fucking <laughs> They, uh, I met them months before. They came down here for a wedding up in Canada. It was a family wedding. And they came to Fresno, and we drove uh, up to Canada together. Because nice. I knew them pretty well and got along pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
if you did a trip already together mm-hmm. for sure visited them and it was awesome they're very kind uh fed me my friends very generously it's kind of crazy seeing somebody you know in a country you don't know yeah right it's kind of like <laughs> being it's kind of like um it's very pleasantville it's kind of like being injected in a TV show that you mm-hmm. know. You know what I mean? Like, remember when Tobey Maguire walks up and he like knows all these characters? He's like, "You're Mister So and So," and like that's that's how it feels. It's like oh, I know you, but this world, <laughs> this world is new. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it feels, man. And I'm glad I had family there because uh, yeah. I got sick in Sweden. I got sick oh, in Ireland. No. Yeah, I got caught like some stomach bug. Aaron caught it too, so it must have been something we ate. I've been so lucky. I mean, I get sick, man. When I get sick, I'm fucking... My mom, my mother tells me, you, you men are pathetic when you're sick. <laughs> I think she was just talking about me and my dad, but she might have just met all of us. But um, yeah, I, I can't imagine uh, being super sick in a foreign country or like staying in a hostel or in a tent or a fucking park bench with the shits. I couldn't... I, that would be the worst. We're at the Cliffs of Moore. And uh, I was sick all the way. I think it's like the number one suicide spot in the world, too. That'd be a good place to get sick. <laughs> no, that's not okay. true. There's like that There's that suicide forest in Japan. In Japan, yeah. Yeah, I think the Cliffs of Moore are like top three suicide uh, spots in the world. It's a beautiful place to die. It's the one place, <laughs> yeah, if you have to pick a last site, sure. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I mean, I was in a pretty good mood when I went there. But <laughs> like, I don't know, part of me was like, yeah, why not? Jump. <laughs> Won't get better. <laughs> it's not going to get better. Yeah, I got sick on that bus ride to the Close Moor. Oh, we... on the bus! Uh-huh. And uh, we took a little boat ride like along the cliffs afterwards, and I did not enjoy it one bit. I just went inside the boat and I laid down. Oh, I was like, okay, man. This is going downhill real quick. You're sick. You're dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long? How long were you sick? Uh, the whole rest of the trip, which was like three to four days after that. The whole time <sighs> in Sweden, uh, me and Aaron were sick, which sucked. Uh, didn't really get to enjoy Sweden too much. Still saw like the main sites we wanted to see. Hung out with family, which is a saving grace. Uh, saw Aaron's family, which was awesome. They fed us moose. Moose. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like an Aaron's family. <laughs> I feel if I think of Aaron, not ancestral Swedish family, I'm like they're roasting moose. <laughs> Those moose they hunted themselves. Did they really? Uh-huh. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the Swedes went out hunted a moose. Brought it back for the oh we have guests good we have the moose that's supposed to last like one well, uh is it what's that considered is that bovine a moose I don't think it's is it bovine Bovine's I don't know a cow well I just I just think of a four legged like beast oh, is bovine okay. but I could be wrong that could just be like horses and shit I don't know I, I don't know but I think it does last you a while it's like a it's a lot of animal did they show you the carcass no uh, they had it uh, it was already cut, cut up already. and like frozen uh-huh. and everything. I mean, I don't know what the plural is. Is moose already plural? Moose, moose are huge. They're <laughs> yeah. they're like insanely large. Uh-huh. It's like a, the, the shark of land. Shark of land. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, uh, I see the horns. I mean, tr- yeah, it's gnarly. It's like the fins. It's like, not I mean, jaws. It's paws. Yeah, they're not. They're not <laughs> man eaters. But I mean, they'll fuck you up, a moose. Uh-huh. Like they kill a lot of people. I yeah, you, you do not want to fuck with the moose. I think more than like like uh, predators that you think of, moose kill humans because we're hunting them and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's insane. Um, how long? Do you know how long a, a full-bodied moose will last a human being? Like to feed? No, I don't. We can look that. 
be worth a Google, man. Maybe some modern technology. I'm gonna write this down too. I have a I have a book. I used to get so much shit from this. I came up with the concept when I was dating this girl who would not let me let it go. I called it my thought book, and I would just sit around. I said, if I if I just if I just take advantage of the internet for a minute, because that was the concept. Mm -hmm. I hadn't. I'm like, I'm not taking advantage of having all of the information in the world at my fingertips. I'm like, I should just spend like an hour a week, just one day a week, just sit down and like just think of shit and look it up and look up every video about it and read every article about it and just have my little internet day and write it all down. If there's a word I don't know when I'm reading, you know, I should write it down in my thought book and I'll just have this book of all this random shit that I love. Um, and I'm going to write this down when we find out the answer. Did you look it up? It says yielding about 500 pounds of meat. 500 pounds of meat. 500 pounds of meat. Good lord. How long does that last? How many pounds of meat do you eat there? Well, I mean, a pound of beef On... is like what I'd put in like a, a meal of spaghetti. I don't usually finish it. You know, uh -huh. I'll have some leftovers. But we'll call that one meal. Um, and I mean, you're not only eating the meat. I'm sure I imagine there's other things to go with this. There's sides and shit, so... Just if a pound it. of meat lasted a person a day, uh, and you have a family of let's say four, good lord, let's not even do that. Let's just say one person. Okay, if I'm just one man on pound a, of meat on that's... a pound of meat a day for five hundred days, you got a year and a half. That's not good. That meat will go bad. Yeah, I don't think you can freeze it for that long either. You can freeze it for a while, but not that long. Uh -huh. But yeah, okay. So I mean, that'll feed your family for a, a good portion of a year. Feed you and your family for half a year. Jeez. If you want to eat moose every fucking day. Could you imagine? You would get gout. What's your dinner, moose? <laughs> moose. Ground moose cereal. Ground moose cereal. Moose chips. Moose chips. My grandpa used to, when he'd go fishing, he told me that potato chips, that the, the fin of a fish is what potato chips were made out of, and he'd feed me barbecued <laughs> fucking fish fins. Wow. Piece of shit. <laughs> Were they good at least? <laughs> no, but I was just—I was like, wow, they're really crunchy, like chips. I guess the Lay's people put like the salt on. I don't know. I guess Lay's have yellowfish. This is great, though. I didn't realize chips was seafood. But yeah, that was a, a thing that was done to me for some time. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked it. I was thrilled about it. Didn't know why they thought it was so funny or wouldn't join me. Wow, there's only like you know, so many fins per fish. I can't believe none of you guys want in on this <laughs> I'm really hogging all the chips here. that's yeah. a lot of fish per bag by the way <laughs> yeah. it's like damn well, we're really killing the fish I wasn't a bright young man <laughs> we all had our moments <laughs> in London we went to Love Box Festival so it's it's a music festival. Oh, cool! And we saw uh, Frank Ocean live. And Frank what was Ocean, it called? Frank Ocean. No, the festival. It's called Love Box. Love Box. Oh, cool! And uh, Frank Ocean, if you don't know, he's he's a recluse of an artist, but he's one of my favorite artists because he touches all the. Why is he recluse? He doesn't perform much. He releases he an album records. early. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Harry Nilsson did that. Yeah, and he takes his time, and his albums are just so good. Uh, and saw him in London at Love Box with two of my best friends. Nice. It was a moment I'll never forget. A moment. Uh huh. So, is it, was it a moment? Was there like a, like that? Was there like that scene in the movie where 
everybody's vocals turned down and the <laughs> camera zooms out a little bit and you just look to your left and look to your right and smile and you're like, friendship. Like, yeah. It, <laughs> Frank Ocean. It's <laughs> like, definitely. Was there a, a moment like that or would you just mean the whole experience? It, I think it was a whole experience, but there was definitely a moment like that. I knew it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was very drunk. <laughs> and I think we were all That's very drunk. the moments <laughs> happened. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think Frank Ocean was playing Thinking About You. And I'm just singing at the top of my lungs, off key, and just over his beautiful vocals. Yeah, well, that's the point. Yeah, if you ever see him live, you can sound just like him because you can't can't hear yourself. (laughs) And uh, Aaron was in front of me with his bucket uh, hat, with his adventure hat, just rocking out. His adventure hat. (laughs) And Hunter to the side of me, just singing along. These people that were on Molly just rolling and loving each other in front of us. Nice. (laughs) It was a whole experience. It was nice. That's awesome, it. man. Yeah, it's cool seeing live music overseas too. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's it's once again, it's like it's like you're winking at the camera. Like, oh, I know this guy. You know what I mean? Like you're you're in this world too? Yeah. You've been here too? <laughs> yeah. Uh I think that goes away pretty quickly, but but the first time you you go do something uh in a in a in a new not even just I don't want to say new country cuz you there's a lot of different drastic differences between states as well but uh yeah it's just cool being in an unfamiliar surrounding with very familiar individuals yeah. kind of interspersed through that adventure that wasn't even the best musical moment of the trip i think there's a better musical moment uh yeah in uh ireland local right yeah of course uh-huh. ireland you went to a pub and you had the best uh, live performance you ever seen or was it on a street it was not on in a pub. It was not on a street. Oh, I fucked up. Okay, it what else is there? In the water. <laughs> in the water? Yeah. So, um, like, we didn't have an itinerary, and we're just finding stuff to do. Aaron found this thing called Music Under Bridges. So what you would do is you would get in a kayak, and you would uh, kayak under a bridge. Where is this? It's uh, it's in Dublin. In Dublin? Mm-hmm. Okay. Under the key? Uh, one of them was under the key. So we'd go in, uh, under many bridges that were just along that, I forgot, the river that runs through town, uh, its name, but we'd stop and park ourselves, and there were these musicians, I think they were local musicians, and they'd stop in front of us and just play whatever, and yeah, it was beautiful. Cool. Fucking music under the bridge, that's kind of cool, I'd never heard of that. Mm-hmm. Music under bridges, it was, I think it was the first one that you did, and uh, we had the chance to do it with them, and it was just amazing. Nice. Yeah, I miss that. I miss, uh, I miss, like, um, reliably counting on a busker, being mm-hmm. able to walk outside and hear something new. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Oh, man, that reminds me. The last live music performance I saw was Motel Drive with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I think you were telling me that. Which is, I mean... Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Like, I don't, no offense to Mr. Ocean, but like, that's uh, not the experience I would want if I have to abstain from live music for a long time. Uh-huh. I don't want to go to a music festival, and that's definitely people's things, but I'm like, being able to, and it was in an Irish pub, but to be able to sit in a pub and, and watch a band play, like a three piece or something real small, real intimate, that is, uh, that's irreplaceable. Oh yeah, there's something magical about that. Just yeah. Experiencing that with not a lot of people, so you don't get that like crowd feel, uh, crowd high. It's just yeah. you and like maybe just a handful, a bunch of other people, and it's intimate, and you're sharing this really intimate experience together. 
it, yeah. It's like sex, but without the sex, if you know what I'm. No. No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think I. Maybe you like music more than I do. <laughs> Eugasms. <laughs> yeah, I thought I knew what you're talking about, but no, I don't think that so much. Like, I mean, there's versions of that. There's like kind of. So like, there's a there's a lack of um, there's a lack of uh, participation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> involved in that. But I mean, again, if I was to take that that state of mind and try to translate it into an experience, um, I remember being I was staying with local. We were in Ireland and we were hitchhiking. Me and this guy I met in a hostel, and I convinced him to come with me. He was going to stick around wherever I found him um, or, or go a different direction. I don't remember. Colin, really cool guy. I actually reached out recently for a second. Nice. How's he doing? I don't know. He just asked me a quick posted. Oh. A, 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 I posted a picture on Instagram of Ireland. He asked if I went back, and I said, no, I was just posting old pictures. That was the first I'd heard from him. Oh, he, he's years. not from Ireland? <laughs> no, no. He was traveling, too. We met in a hostel. Oh, okay. He's from uh, Washington. Spokane, Washington. And me and young Colin, we went on a... He's older than me. We went, <laughs> we, we went uh, hitchhiking up the West Coast, and uh, I got him fucking... We got, we got stuck in a, in a rainstorm in a town that was closed down. Oh, is that when the random family picked you guys up? Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this guy picked us up, Glenn, with his girlfriend and his, his daughter visiting from Australia. And Imagining a Harold and Kumar thing where the guy is like ugly as fuck but when you get home his wife is just the hottest thing ever I and remember like, oh, that you can fuck her it's not that at all this was a very handsome man he looked like he was carved from pewter he he deserved a statue I mean he kind of looked like Gene Simmons and Steven Seagal in the best way possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah he took us he wanted to take us to local pub now this was as local as local gets because we were in not in a major city we uh-huh. were in the countryside oh, of man. Ireland and uh, we had to drive quite a ways in his van to get to the pub. Um, we got some food, some drinks, and then everybody in town, this place was empty. And then everybody nearby came because there was no other pubs. This was the pub in town. And again, we got locked out because and had to camp because that town that we were at was closed. This whole country is closed, right? This We went in the off-season. It was cheaper uh-huh. to travel in the off-season, but I didn't know that and I didn't have a cell phone either I, I, I was just running around so I couldn't call ahead or look it up online and be like what are your hours like I was just like I have an address for a hostel <laughs> yeah, I know it's in this city did you buy uh, a one way ticket from here yeah, it was a one-way ticket. Uh, do you, did you have like any time frame that you wanted to come back or was it until just funds I wasn't so I, originally I wasn't sure if I was gonna come back uh-huh. um, um, and the plan wasn't to move um, but it was on my mind, like, I could just stay. Like, I really could just not come back. Um, so yeah, it was a one way, and I didn't bring anything with me, just clothes and my guitar. I, I couldn't, I didn't know if they were going to be open. I had no concept of the off season. So yeah, uh, he ended up having us stay with him, um, which was really cool of him. He didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But we drive to this pub, and it, and everybody in town fills it up. We get there, and it's, and it's dead. And then within an hour, the place is alive. And Dang. Note to listeners, this is pre-COVID. We can't do that anymore. Yeah, this is many <laughs> years ago now. I mean, we can do it. We can do it soon. Because I refuse to believe that the the world will exist when Ireland will not congregate and, and make music <laughs> together. Like, they probably already are. 
<laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you know, we're going to figure it out. <laughs> I, 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 cannot, anyway. I cannot believe that uh, <laughs> we live in a world where this is impossible. Anyway, I got sidetracked. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's important. It's important uh, to ride every to whimsy. <laughs> but um, what was happening, man, they had... And, and you see this more and more, and I saw this many times, but I never saw it quite like a pristine example mm-hmm. of there's instruments, but there's not a band. They're just passing that shit around. Like the, somebody wants to come play a song, they fucking give it to, and everybody knows everybody, and everybody is so fucking drunk. <laughs> like I, you can't even stand and you can't even speak, but you hand this guy a guitar who was, I swear to God, I should look it up. I have journals from the trip. You know, I would write when I was on the trip. I don't write. I, I would love to reread those and get like just a fresher reminder of what had happened and what it was like. But uh, this dude was talking to me and poor Colin all night long. But he didn't speak a word. Like he was just bumbling. You know what I mean? And it wasn't Gaelic. It was English. You know what I mean? But it was like, you know, it was at that point where it's just the the two are married. Yeah. He's speaking drunk Irish. Drunk Irish is a different language from English or Gaelic entirely. It's its own thing. And he was speaking fluent drunk Irish. And I did not speak it. Neither did Colin. Uh, the, the best part about drunk Irish is every once in a while they'll out of spite they'll throw in a word that you know (laughs) you know and he's like and he would uh oh my god let's see if i can remember he would be ranting about the beautiful girl who gave me the million dollars and it sounds like the most fascinating story ever and like what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> and it's all this psycho babble and it's like all it's and then required the million dollars and I found that leprechaun. I swear to God, he started talking about leprechaun. And I was talking to Glenn who picked us up and he was telling he's like people in these parts they believe in that shit. Like the fairies and like they believe they're like it's it's very much religion to them. Damn. They believe in sprites, they believe in fantasy, all these creatures of fantasy. Because they're fucking drunk. <laughs> and they have yeah. been all their lives. And they go out and they fucking hallucinate. Because they're sleep beautiful. deprived. Not and... the drunk part, but like... Well, all of it is kind of... I mean, there's a... Be- the Irish know how to make drunk beautiful, man. Like, I-, I remember walking outside. There was... I swear to God, I walked outside one morning. And there was a man face down in the gutter in a suit in a hat. And I watched him... I watched him get up. Just try to get up. He doesn't... Dust himself off and he, and he burps. <laughs> Dusts his hat off and he walks into the pub. So <laughs> 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 time to start my day. <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, this fucking guy, uh, the leprechaun millionaire drunk, um, he 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 walked up. He stumbled up and reached out for that guitar and. He was kind of moving and he was shaking and kind of not steady. Looked like a, a light breeze would have knocked that motherfucker over. Um, but he played beautifully and everybody stopped and listened. Like everybody was having a good time and everybody was singing along. But when he went up, like he had some kind of renown. You know what I mean? Like they knew him there. I mean, everybody knew everybody. But he was the drunk. Like he was the drunkest <laughs> man in the building. Uh, and he played like, it wasn't Irish. Either. He played like blues. He was playing like really cool like a song I'd never heard before. It might have been his. Damn. Uh, and Glenn looks over. He goes, I can't, this motherfucker's not standing, but he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, that was the, the best example that I could think of um, when you talk about 
comparing live music to a sexual experience, that kind of interaction of everybody just, I guess I'm thinking of an orgy, but <laughs> but again, it's the closest I can get. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, the closest I can get to comparing that experience um, is, is just passing that guitar around to, and, and just everybody just kind of intertwining and, and being a part of each other's of each other's uh, evening mm-hmm. it, was, it was a beautiful experience yeah I'd love to go to like a local pub even in like London uh, my uncle took us to like local pubs yeah and they were great what was it tell me because I mean they're all different like mm-hmm. they're all the same they kind of blend together but there there is like a, a feel in all of them like they all oh this is a local joint as opposed to because there are chains yeah you know, in England that you, you'll find them but uh, what is uh, what's one of the favorites like uh, I know, every, you got a favorite pub, right? You got a favorite place you went to over there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's just one that uh, is right by the Airbnb where me, Hunter, and Aaron were staying. I think it's the oldest pub in that town, built in like oh, cool. 1400s or something. Mm-hmm. And you walk in, and it has like modern decor now. Obviously, they're not gonna keep old decor. And uh, you, the air there just looks like it's old. Yeah. And you're literally stepping in history, and you. Uh, you have your regulars, you people that you know are regulars. Mm-hmm. They're sitting at the bar area, uh, they're smoking, and they're drinking, and they know each other and know the bartender. Right. And you have your tourists, like us, just in the back, like reading the menu, you know, seeing what to get. Right. And then you have locals that uh, aren't regulars, but come frequently enough to like, know the scene at the side, just congregating with each other. Yeah, you got like travelers who kind of have stationed there for yeah. a week or two weeks, uh-huh. and they have kind of that rapport. So was that was that received well, or were they kind of like, kind of looking down on travelers, or was it like a local biased place, or was there a good mix of like everybody was kind of cool with each other? That one was received well because I think it was a well known tourist spot. Um, but there's this other pub that my uncle took me to, uh, my first London trip. It was local in his hometown, and you could see that everybody knew each other in there. Yeah, and they didn't look down on travelers because we, we were with my uncle and. He's a local too. Mm. I don't know if he frequents the that pub, uh, but we just kind of mixed in with everybody. So it's more of like a family vibe in mm. the pub. If you know what I mean? I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. I don't think I'm married to any one bar or any one place in Fresno. Yeah, it's just more about the people. Like you said, it's more of a sense of community. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, uh-huh. is there a place that has like established people that like you frequent? And it's like, oh, I'm gonna feel comfortable here. I'm gonna run into so and so, where they're gonna, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like, are you a character? I, I don't think so. In an, in an ensemble of a place around here, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I am. No, I'm not. It could be a grocery store. It doesn't have to be a yeah. pub. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was your uh, spot. Yeah, there was a deli that was pretty much right across the street from my office. Your deli spot in the same complex. Yeah, they still have my credit card on file. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just go in and they're like, "Do you want a breakfast burrito?" I'm like, "Yeah," and they know how I like it. That's the kind of thing. <laughs> so that's that's what I mean. Like, anybody who lives anywhere for a long period of time is going to have that with an establishment. Mm-hmm. What's cool about the bars? is it's a place that is like that and it's so deep-rooted in the community, but it's also lends itself to a transient, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, to come and make an impression. I can go eat at a restaurant and I'm not going to be able to really do that. And I can go to the grocery store or the laundromat and I'm not going to be able to do that. If I do that every day, I can. But if I'm passing through, I can absolutely go to a bar and interact with people who are really here oh, yeah. on more than a surface level. Mm-hmm. Can't really do that Unless you're doing it on an everyday basis and erode it down to people's <laughs> core function, um, 
yeah. anywhere else. You can't stop somebody in the middle of the bread aisle and be like, hey, man, right. what are you doing here? That's yes. <laughs> I used to go to the cookie store in Vegas, the sugar cookie it was called. It's since closed down. Oh. It was the first stop. Last time I was in town, that was the first place I drove to. I had the cat in the car with me. I said, sorry, Leo, we're making a pit stop at the motherfucking cookie store. And they were closed. They closed oh. down. Not like closed like temporarily. Like They're gone forever. Damn. Um, but that was a place I was on the first name basis with the cookie girl like I mean I was going to the cookie store you know what I mean like I was ready Um, but if I just pop into a place new Uh I do like to go to the pub and just kind of drink in and be like what is this place like and how do I fit in Mm. here you know I think the only time a pub or a bar or restaurant was like a, a character in that part of my life was in like the last two years of college. Mm-hmm. There's Mad Duck like right across. Mad Duck from is very State. popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's another one too. Is that like, do they have like their um, social structure or is it? Because I don't think of Mad Duck as a place like that, but I've also never been. Like it just seems too big to me to be able to have that feel. I don't think they do. It was more of a like a student restaurant kind of thing. That's true, too. It's on campus, so I guess mm-hmm. you have a lot of people going there, like, every day, probably, for lunch or whatever. Yeah, so you saw, like, a lot of the uh, a lot of students, and I went with my classmates. Yeah. So it was our pub that we called it, our bar. That's cool, We man. used to go yeah. before class, after class, during class. <laughs> right on, dude. Yeah, see, like, these are experiences I don't have. I don't wish I was drinking when I was in school, but I might wish that I could go to school again so I could see what that'd be like, you know? Mm. I want to fucking get drunk with a student and do homework. That sounded horrible. <laughs> well, <laughs> that sounded really bad. <laughs> that uh, Mad Maddock was such a character in uh, in like our cohort uh, that one time I couldn't go and I was so sad. Yeah. And uh, I jokingly told one of the guys who were there, I'm like, "Hey man, uh, bring me something to go." And he's like, "Okay, I got you." I'm like, "Ah ha ha, that's funny." So I was sitting in the middle of class and he handed me the styrofoam cup. And in it is a beer. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's clutch. <laughs> Fucking taking care of his own. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, man. That's like you get a little bit of special treatment. You start to become a character. You're not one of these fucking visitors, bro. You're inside now. <laughs> in, uh, in 2018, went to China. That was the experience because uh, talk about culture shock. Oh getting dropped in Asia. World. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Not speaking the language. Like everything's. Where in China? It was in uh, Nanjing, uh, Hunter's family's hometown. Okay. Went with Hunter and five other people Veronica, a uh, few of his Sacramento friends. Nice. And that was a wonderful experience. It was the largest group I've traveled with. And eight people, uh, six people, people. six people. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you meant six Sacramentans. No, (laughs) (laughs) and it was, I think it was the largest uh, land area that we covered because we uh, it it was it was a trip, we just traveled all around. Nice, and it was amazing. Had so many stories. Uh, There's this train ride going from Beijing to uh, Xi'an, and we thought the train ride was gonna be okay, we were gonna have sleepers, but the sleepers are like so small. And we were crammed in there. We are not having a good time. Yeah. And we took sleeping pills for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, why else would yeah. you? <laughs> and, uh, it, like, in, in hindsight, looking back at it, that was a really good experience. But going through it, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I reminded myself, uh, I don't know where I got this. You know what it is? It's, 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 uh, <laughs> mania is what it is actually <laughs> looking back on my life. But I was like, I was in these horrible situations and, and like, it wouldn't phase me. And I could acknowledge, I'm like, this is the worst fucking thing. Yeah. But I'm sitting, like I told you already earlier, we're camping in this tent. I just stolen the stranger. <laughs> And we got stuck, and we're camping in this in in a in a rainstorm, and I, and and he was pissed. And I kept telling him, like, "This is gonna be a great story when you get home, man." <laughs> oh, I was so I was so giddy. I was sitting, I was freezing my ass off. I stuck myself in my backpack. I'm like, "This is gonna be so good. I can't wait till this is over to be happy about it." Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it was is a weird thing. I I don't know where I grew that from or what that spawned from, and it definitely doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> but like, if I'm traveling. Like the worst scenarios possible, like not having a place to stay, not having money. I'm like, this will be a great story. Yeah, it's it's not an adventure until something goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I it's crazy. It's I feel like that's not something you want to learn, but it's helpful to have in Uh the strangest way. (laughs) It's helpful to be just thrown into the abyss and be able to fight your way out of it. Right. (laughs) How long was that train ride? Fucking forever? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was like 13 hours. That's, that's yeah. pretty close to forever. <laughs> I slept the whole way through. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> otherwise oh, no, somebody I, told, I told you some the, bad yeah, pills. Yeah, I did not sleep the whole way through. I had to take shit in the middle of the night. <sighs> and I was in the top bunk, so I had to climb down. Is and the I bathroom up. in with the bunks or it's separate? It's separate, okay. and it's a squatty potty, and it's dirty. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> if you can avoid shitting in... Well, in any other country, <laughs> I recommend. Uh, uh, America is my favorite place I've ever taken a shit. I'll be honest; it's hard to beat. Yeah, so I had to climb down from top bunk, and I remember just saying "fuck," and climbing down, going into the squatty potty, yeah, uh, doing my thing. I think I clogged it because I used it wrong, threw toilet paper in it or something. You're not supposed to do that because in the morning they were kind of like I guess like these Americans <laughs> they didn't use it right, and I'm just sitting there all quiet. I'm like, uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a comfortable thing to ask, too. Like, how do you shit in China? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you walk me through? Is there a diagram? You should have this pasted on the bathroom door. That was an experience. That whole trip was amazing. Top down. How long was it? It was two weeks. Two weeks in and, China. Yeah, and we traveled all over the place, uh, hung out with all sorts of people. Did all sorts of things. We had uh, we had a guide uh, most of the trip. Mm-hmm. Someone who we paid to like guide us through historical things and like translate in English. And uh, in Shanghai, it was just we we're just on our own. I think that was the most fun I had. So we stumbled into a bar, uh, had soup dumplings, which are delicious. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, went to a club in Shanghai. <laughs> this is an experience. What's the Shanghai nightclub like? It was uh, it was recommended by. Uh, my cousin's cousin he's like oh yeah you gotta go to this club called Mint uh, spelled M1NT it's amazing and I'm like okay cool and I told everybody you know, I'm like guys we gotta go to Mint Yeah. and they're like okay we'll trust you so we went to Mint it was like 9 maybe 10 and the club is dead you see people walking around with like khaki shorts clearly not belonging in a club and they're like okay we fucked up I'm sorry guys I, I, I led you astray but like an hour into the thing, it started popping off. Yeah, 10 is early. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, I, I just remember it being a blur. <laughs> Was this, Is the silent disco a thing in, in Asia? Maybe. Are you familiar with the silent disco? They'll give you headphones mm-hmm. walking around. 
Yeah, I, I'd never heard of that until I'd been to Europe. And I, apparently it's very common there. It's like super common. Um, I didn't know if that carried over because I definitely never heard about it here. No, I've never been to a real one or heard of something taking place. Oh, you haven't even heard of them? I, I've, I've seen them, I think. I just didn't think they were a thing. I thought it was just... Yeah, they're very real. Yeah, because, I mean, there's ordinance. Like, there's... Wow. You know, people trying to sleep, and they're like, you built a fucking nightclub in this town <laughs> that's been here for 800 years. Like, <laughs> Damn. grandma's not moving because Mint needs to open. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you need to keep that shit locked down at 10. So they will. They'll give you headphones as you walk in. And then sometimes they'll have dueling DJs, and you can toggle between um, who's playing. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have uh, one big dance floor and a DJ on either side, or sometimes it's a band. It's it's it changes, but they have the bands play up until ten, and then after ten, it's all silent disco. It's a weird experience. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they have that in Asia. What kind of music is popular? Uh, it was just like mid two thousands R and B hip hop. Really? But yeah, it was it was pretty normal. I think for like a club scene. Okay. Which is kind of weird. I think it's awesome. Makes sense. A little bit, just like slightly delayed. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's kind of what I would expect, but there was so much top 40 when I was running around. Like it's, I'm like, this is the same bullshit that yeah. I heard back home. Mm-hmm. But, um, except France. France refuses to ride the fucking popular wave. They're Good like, shit, France. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> no, you're gonna listen to our music. Good fucking shit. Truly, yeah. I'm like, more of that. More fucking French music on French waves. I don't want to hear Katy Perry in France. It bums me out. <laughs> like, I mean, great for her. <laughs> you know, that congratulations. Like, I'm not, I'm very happy you're successful. I don't want to take that away from anybody. But, but I can uh, hear you wherever. What? Yeah, you what the fuck? I love like, your local music. I don't want to understand what <laughs> they're saying on the radio. <laughs> like, I want to be uh, taken away. Uh, that's one of my one of my biggest disappointments was realizing like no it's the internet age bro like if it's popular here it's popular everywhere yeah you know yeah. like it, there's no you're gonna have kids in a rural village somewhere in serbian russia yeah Katy Perry. i mean if anybody <laughs> if anybody in the whole village has access to the internet like it's done for like there's <laughs> connectivity um which in a l- most ways is good. I was well, a lot of ways it's good. I haven't sat down and made my T chart of positives versus negatives of it all. But <laughs> one of the downsides is I feel like the flip side of the coin of, of of exposing other cultures to each other and like being able to like hear music that we would never hear uh, is that the same shit is going to surface to the top. Mm-hmm. So it'll be more interesting. Music is going to grow. It, as it always does but it's going to become like this crazy melting pot of genre yeah just like a uh, homogenous music there's gonna be no yeah genres anymore it's gonna be what is that pop no that there'll be genres but they're going to evolve and bleed into each other mm-hmm. but there's i mean you can't get rid of genres this music is too expansive for it to bleed into one thing yeah i think you can't get rid of all genres but like some artists musicians they uh, you can't really define their genre um sure with an artist with an artist making individual songs that compile it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you break it down to a song, this work is not undefinable. You can find the biggest chunk of what it is or the two or three biggest things. And I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where it's undecipherable. Mm-hmm. But I know what you mean as an artist because people are going to get taste from different places. You can have uh, one artist. Like Willie Nelson put out a reggae album. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I get it. You know, <laughs> like, But uh, a lot of his shit, people are going to agree his country. Um, 
yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have all these these great uh, new sounds, but what's everyone's favorite is gonna be is still gonna be the same three fucking songs you hear all day long for six years until something newer comes out. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping that we not to. I don't want to linger on COVID talk, but when we're all getting locked up, uh, there is the uh, very real opportunity for an artistic renaissance. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I've certainly uh, received my contribution um, of forcing myself to do be more creative and do more projects like this. You know what I mean? Like investing time and money into doing this again. Uh, I started this on lockdown. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Um, I started it long before, but like recording, but putting them out. That was that was new. Yeah, we're gonna get some we're gonna get some cool shit artistically in the next couple of years. Oh yeah, it's I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be a whole new world, which is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, there's good and bad everywhere you look at it. Uh, it's, it's yin and the yang. That's yeah, life. exactly. That's life. I'm gonna eat this fucking gummy stick. Do it, do it. I'll tell you about Budapest. Tell me about it. Uh, 2019, last year, Budapest, my first solo trip. It was amazing. <laughs> Can't even begin to describe the feelings I felt. It was so freeing. Just, you know, I didn't have to ask somebody to go to a restaurant or it's like, hey, what, what do you want to go to? It was just me doing whatever I wanted. And uh, to continue the theme, musical moments in Budapest. I was supposed to stay at a hostel. It didn't work out because I ditched the whole hostel idea. I already paid for it, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. You ditched the hostel idea? What do you mean? Uh, I was staying at an Airbnb, but one of the nights I was supposed to go to a hostel and stay there just to experience it. You'd never been to a hostel? No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Five trips overseas. You never never stayed at a hostel. No. Why not? Uh, They're so cheap. <laughs> they are, but like, I, I've had enough money to just get an Airbnb and it's been convenient. And I've been with people most of the time, so we all like pitched in for an Airbnb or something. Oh shit, man! Yeah, I mean the hostels where you meet people, mm. you know, that's where you hear. That's why you went to Mint. If you went to a hostel, they would have sent you to fire, fucking. Like... <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad I ditched that hostel for that one night because Will Smith was down. So um, I was taking a tour the day before, and my guide's like, "Oh yeah, Will Smith's gonna be here tomorrow." I'm like, "What, Will Smith?" The Will Smith, he's like, oh yeah, she, he's, he's celebrating his birthday or something. And tickets are free. I'm like, whoa. So uh, that night I went home, looked up tickets. They were free, but they were sold out because there was like a certain limit that they put on them. Right. So the next day I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to walk into the ticket center and be like, uh, I, I got tickets. I lost my email. Can you give me my tickets? Mm-hmm. And I did. And it was going smoothly until like the girl talked to her manager or something. And they're like, oh, no, you can't do that. I'm like, damn. Okay, there goes that. So I'll just sneak in. Yeah, <laughs> but then I met these two people who had the same idea as me, and I'm like, guys, do you want to try to sneak in? And they're like, sure. So we snuck around the back, and there's this opening, and we got in to the thing, and we had to like uh, stay at the same spot for two hours, and watch Will Smith perform for ten minutes and sing Happy Birthday to him. Nice. And ten minutes. Ten what minutes. happened after that? Uh, that's it. And we went home. What? <laughs> yeah. You didn't stay? No, everyone went home. I was like, oh, you caught the last ten minutes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not the last 10 minutes. His performance was just 10 minutes. Oh, because he was celebrating. It's yeah. his birthday. He don't mm-hmm. want to fucking work. He's like, all right. He performed like bits of his biggest hits. Yeah, I'll play a song, but I want to eat my fucking cake. Yeah. But yeah. like out of that experience, I met two really cool people there. 
and uh, I still keep in touch with them today. The people that you snuck in? Yeah, people I snuck in with. Right on, man. United forever <laughs> with your trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> what are their names? Uh, it was Rohan and Stephen. Where are they from? Rohan was uh, Rohan's an Instagram character because he's Indian by ethnicity, but he was born in Japan and he was raised in Russia. He's a real child of the world. Yeah, and Stephen was from Florida. <laughs> oh, so he's definitely an interesting character. By definition. <laughs> he's a Floridian. And they were both in a med school program there in Budapest. I met the most terrifying doctor in my life on the fucking road, man. What'd he do? He, he was fucking... He was... I don't know. He's a little dead inside. He's a young guy. Young guy, maybe younger than me. Um, in his early 20s. And he was a doctor. He was a graduated, graduate doctor. Smart kid. And he was just like a partier. Like, I, I got him on vacation. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Where were we? I, he was, this was in Paris. And, um... Did he tell you he was a doctor? He's yes. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, like, not, like, out of nowhere. Like, I talked <laughs> to him. I asked him about it, you know. Okay. And I was just like, yeah, you know, what do you do? He was my roommate. Because I was in a hostel. I, I lived in hostels. That's uh-huh. all I did. Uh, so I would constantly be meeting people, just changing all the time. You have different roommates every day. Um, and he's like just this wild madman. He's partying all the time. He's invited me to these parties. And I was like, no. <laughs> no I don't. I felt really uncomfortable with this <laughs> yeah. dude because I'm like, this is a doctor. It's like, hold on, you're treating people? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I don't want to party with you, bro. Like, I don't, don't want to be on the table and have a flashback to that time in Paris that you were fucking mainlining. <laughs> like, this dude was insane. And he would say these absurd things. Because uh, at first, I would have like a real conversation with him. I was uh-huh. like, oh, wow, a doctor. Like, da, da, da. Have you had to operate? Like, is that difficult? He's like, hey, man, if they fucking die, they die. I was like, what? <laughs> he's like that's what you right. have but honestly like, I mean okay. that's like the mindset you'd have to have right if you're gonna be a doctor like you have to kind of have you have to want to save the patient but you have to be able to go home letting people die like I understand that like that's part of the job I don't know if as much zeal <laughs> or as much enthusiasm yeah. was necessary he maybe he was just coked up at that moment he might have been dude no he was definitely on a lot of shit but he was like he was on it. He wouldn't let it go. He was like, Duh, man, I can't take this shit home with me. They're just fucking machines. He's got to go in there and fix the machine. Oh, this one's broken. I'm like, you fucking can't talk to me this way. <laughs> Where's he from? He was American, I'm pretty sure. I actually don't know, um, just because it's been so long. Uh, again, I, I need to look back in some old journals and see if I can remember. But I'll never forget that doctor that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and he was young too I'm like he's not even like it'd be one thing if he'd like been in the practice and he's broken down and he's seen some shit mm-hmm. it's like a nom vet you know uh, what I mean yeah. but he was a young enthusiastic vibrant handsome articulate young man who didn't naive. give a fuck yeah. I wouldn't Damn. say naive at all I would say narcissistic uh, <laughs> yeah I don't think it was naivete he was a very with it dude he just doesn't fucking care about human life. I think he wanted that doctor paycheck. Like, he yeah. was at, you know what I, mean? I think he was just like, yeah, sounds like, and again, really smart. So he probably really just sat down and was like, what job would I want? <laughs> I would like to, like now, with some perspective and time, like this was years ago and I was a much younger person with a different view of the world. I'd like to sit with him now and <laughs> see where he's at. I don't know that I'd want to... Uh, <laughs> 
like see him in any other setting than a podcast (laughs) (laughs) he's not like a friend i want to (laughs) make i'm just curious what happens to that mind like are you in jail yet or (laughs) are you you had your license revoked for malpractice or or here's the scariest one are you honored are you like this (laughs) well-renowned highly established like doctor do people know what you do on your off time i know that like i'm not like a conspiracy theorist guy but like um these these like uh ultra rich societies like for the billionaires club and all that stuff you know what i mean like it sounds absurd this is a strange jump i'm making but i'm just thinking (laughs) if like my mind went from crazy doctor like Uh being well respected but that being his crazy side this this uh idea in my head doesn't really pertain to him because he wasn't rich he was you know he was a well-off kid but um i got this theory man that like just this the ultra rich they can't view the world like we do they can't party like we do i mean that's why you hear them like burning uh fucking like um owls well there's that too (laughs) Uh, i i heard that podcast the other day but but i mean like uh burning seances and like ritualistic shit and having Uh these crazy orgies and like i mean having crazy i don't i'm i'm not referring to epstein when i say this but people do have like their private islands where they go do whatever they want you know mm-hmm. uh crazy billionaire island uh i think that you just like after a certain amount of wealth and power is accumulated you can't enjoy the same things that you you know what i mean like pleasure's on tap you've got to party different yeah. you've got to be kind of crazy uh i've thought that for a long time i'm just like there's just no way like my idea of a birthday party is the same as Bill Gates' idea of a birthday party. I'm not saying he's a wild and crazy Steve Martin yeah. wild and crazy guy, <laughs> but there's he's definitely getting his rocks off differently than a normal man. Oh, you yeah, know what definitely. I mean? Uh-huh. Like there's just no way. Reminds um, me of a podcast I was listening to today. Uh, it was actually a Duncan Trussell podcast with Jack. Porter. His uh, family hour. The family hour. Yeah, it's. It, I think they were talking about Buddha accumulating this wealth. Like I think he was born to a king. And he was supposed to take over the kingdom. And uh, he had everything. He had a harem. Uh, he had all what he wanted, but he wasn't satisfied. Because he had it on tap. It was all like normal to him. Blitz on tap. Yeah. And he's like, uh, is this it? Is this what life is? And then he goes out and he like has this whole enlightenment thing. And discovers that this, is, this ain't it. I don't know where I was going with that story. <laughs> What's not it? Just existence as we know it? No, not existence, but like being super rich, isn't that going to make you happy at the end of the day? Yeah, well, I mean, no, it won't. But, and this is, I've held, when I was very younger, I was like, of course you can buy happiness. Of course you can. And I still kind of believe that. I, I think be, be, can, yeah. Because here's the thing. I don't mean that you can buy happiness, but what I mean is if you have a certain amount of wealth. Be away from worries. Well, you can put all that energy into yourself. Mm-hmm. You now at this point can full-time. I don't have to set aside a certain amount of hours of the day to take care of myself, myself, my wellness, uh, to make room for my work, you know, to go and pay the bills. I, I don't have to, like, if I just had a pile of wealth and I'm like, oh, you know what is good for me? Like, therapy, but I can only get what I can afford you mm-hmm. know what I mean or you know what's good for me exercise uh, but I, I cannot I gotta do calisthenics I can't have weights you know what I mean I got, it's gotta do body weight shit or I can't afford a gym membership like little things like that but 
yeah, I mean, like, if I, you can absolutely buy the tools. Happiness, you need to do the work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I also don't like saying that because happiness shouldn't be the end result. It's not a place you arrive at. It's this thing you experience sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a constant state of mind. No, as anybody who says, "Yeah, I'm happy," you're full of shit because, like, I mean, it's. I mean, maybe you're happy right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe you're happy generally, but that's not like this island you live on. You don't wake up happy and go to no. sleep happy and like. That'd be fucking weird. What yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you sit down and think about what you're asking of yourself, <laughs> you want to achieve happiness. No, you don't. Because the people who have achieved happiness are serial killers. <laughs> and they're happy all the time. <laughs> they're thrilled about everything. You don't want that. Like uh, You don't want to be devoid of happiness. Uh, but you don't want to be afraid of when it goes away either. You want the strength to know how to handle a situation and, and the uh, knowledge and, and comfort to know that when you're not in a zone of happiness or contentness, that's just because you're on the downside of the fluctuation and that it's coming back. And uh, you can prepare yourself to deal with the down lows. Uh, we're going all over the place now, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, where did I start? Uh, wealth accumulation, like yeah, there is. Yeah, you can totally buy what you need to acquire to achieve the happiness, mm-hmm. uh, the contentedness. Yeah, like ultra rich people. I think even uh, I've noticed it growing up and having a full time job and like having a certain income that I'm used to. I don't even think about some things anymore. And the ultra rich probably have that to like a tenth degree. Yeah, and they and they're like, okay, a yacht. That's cool. That's normal. Yeah, yeah. I think back and I'm like, there was a period where I was just like, oh, if I just get this much money a month, mm-hmm. smooth sailing. Yeah, it's never smooth <laughs> sailing. But um, <laughs> but again, like I've seen myself um, in very low levels financially and being way better off. And when I was in a better um, income level, because I was putting attention towards myself, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm putting in the work. And I maybe, you know, if I had more money, maybe instead of buying things that give me pleasure, I'll buy the tools to put in the work, you know? But that's a state of mind thing, too. I don't know. Maybe money can't buy you happiness. Maybe I'm full of shit. I I think... de- I'm going to delete the last hour because I went on a rant. <laughs> and then, that's important, though, to go through the trade and be like, oh, no, you're right. Yeah, they're right. No, it can't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasted 30 minutes. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. <laughs> there's, uh, there's actually a study then about how much money can buy you happiness. And I think they cut it off at like 75K a year uh, is like peak happiness level. Really? And any more than that won't make you any more happy. 75? That... Leia disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably... I... If you stop at yeah. 75 grand, I'm leaving you. <laughs> okay. I, I Leo... feel like that was, that was a while ago. It probably changed due to inflation. Leia will never live to see them make $75,000 in a year. It's not going to happen. Yes, you will, Leia. I'm sorry, kiddo. It's not in the cards. Leia, you're going to become a model. Yeah, she's going to be a plus-size kitty model. <laughs> my BBK, my big, beautiful kitty. <laughs> Where would you like to go? Uh, anywhere you want to take me. That's a cop-out. <laughs> well, let's, let's go. Uh, I'd like to travel again after uh, the world opens up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know where to go yet. I kind of want to go to Japan. I'd love to go to Japan. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to India. Uh, I want to go back to the motherland. Anywhere, really. Let's go to Japan, man. I'll do it. I can't go next year, but I'll do it. Yeah? Yeah. Next year, I was going to go to the East Coast this year, but mm-hmm. then the world collapsed. And I'd very much like to do that again. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what flights are. 
Japan, I don't know why recently. I want to say within the last year, Japan's been high on my interest. And I think, I don't remember who I was talking to, but someone was telling me, or maybe I wasn't talking to him, maybe it's just something I heard on a different podcast. Uh, I need to smoke less. <laughs> was that a conversation I had or something I overheard? Um, but someone was expressing to me their joy in being dropped in a totally foreign world mm. uh, something where they abs- they knew absolutely nothing in oh, fact you know what was it Tim Ferriss podcast no it okay. was my podcast was- <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. remembering this is a former episode tune back to <laughs> episode uh, two I think it's- Kevin from Kentucky I think broke he was- the fourth wall <laughs> yeah I think yeah, I broke my own wall I think Kevin was telling me how uh, much interest um, he held in being in a place of, of, of total unknown surroundings. That's how China felt like. That's what you were saying um, too, yeah. And that's what I thought of as I, I was going to mention that like um, that in, that that new interest I have in that because I did not have that. I was very much like they don't speak English. I have very little interest to go, um, just because so much of my enjoyment of things is communicating with others and like. Uh, having these conversations, you know what I mean? Um, and if I was to be in a country where it was very difficult to speak to somebody, and I don't pass through places, you know what I mean? I like to go somewhere and hang out for a while, mm-hmm. you know? Like, ideally, uh, I don't mind passing through in the States in the car, because, again, you can pull over and stay as long as you want. But if you're traveling overseas and you don't have a car, um, I, I pick a place, and I'll really drink it in and get to know it for a while. So I can't imagine spending a couple of weeks or a week in a, in a in a country where I can't now, but at the time, not being able to communicate on a regular basis would have been hard. I made a lot of friends that did speak English. That was fine, but I was also in a country where they did, you know. So it wasn't as bad. Um, by bad, I mean not as difficult to um, get what I wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. Now I feel differently. Um, now I'd really like to um, be a fish out of water and that seems like the go-to place for me it's a small enough island and there's enough of the culture that isn't mine but like I've you know I admire Japanese culture as a lot of people our age do um, in 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 a historical sense as well as media Um, China would be amazing but it's so overwhelming to me let's try Japan let's do it or let's just go to China or, or um, you want. yeah, either way. Uh, that would be great, though, man. Let's do it. Let's go on a trip together. I don't think we've ever done one besides... Um... No, yeah, we did. I was going to say Tahoe didn't count, but we drove together. We were in the car. Oh, yeah. Does that count? We shared a ride. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll do another one. We'll go somewhere. Let's go somewhere new. What is the state you want to see most? Because mm. that's something doable. Mm-hmm. We can get to a state. We can take a couple days off. We don't have to make a big hub about it. Oh, yeah. I can steal you for three days. What's the state you'd like to see? Uh, I'd love to go back to Oregon. I don't think I spent enough time there. Maybe not in, like, Portland, but, like, around nature. Okay. Let's go to Oregon. Yeah. Let's do it. It's not too far. No. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. It's on record. Uh, let me think. I'm going to try to get to Oregon within a year with you. I'm going to try. Okay. I don't um, know if I can. I think... Well, I can make that happen. 
I know you can. I can. <laughs> I, I'm going to try. <laughs> Thinking about it, I'm like, okay, I can do that next month, but everything's closed. Yeah, well, no. I mean, I would... Uh, my only time in, is, is less of an issue. It's more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I can figure that out, that would be a blast. Because I've never been, and that'd be fun to do. All right, on record. Jarver me are going to Oregon soon. But more on that as it develops. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for doing this one with me. No, thank you. Yeah, of course. Always a treat to talk to Jarver. I had a blast. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, come by next week for another episode. I am trying something a little different next week. Not too different, but I'm pretty excited about it. Until then, take care, and thanks for tuning in.